Book One, Chapter Fifteen of *The Leopard's Spots* by Thomas Dixon Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Michelle Fry. Book One, Legree's Regime, Chapter Fifteen: The New Citizen King. Of all the elections ever conducted by the English-speaking race the one held under the reconstruction act of eighteen sixty seven in the south was the most unique ezra perkins the agent of the freedmen's bureau issued a windy proclamation to the new citizens to come forward on a certain day to register and receive their elective franchise the negroes poured into town from every direction from early dawn some carried baskets some carried jugs and some were pushing wheelbarrows but most of them had an empty bag they were packed around the agency in a solid black mass nels laughed until a crowd gathered around him lordy look at them bags he shouted and dar's old ike with a jug he's gwine to take hisn in liquor and breast god dares a fool with a wheelbarrer nels laid down and rolled with laughter they failed to see the joke and when the agency was opened they made a break for the door trampling each other down in a mad fear that there wouldn't be enough elective franchise to go around the first negro who emerged from the door came with a crestfallen face and an empty bag on his arm he was surrounded by anxious inquirers what was it nothing just stand up there before a man with big whiskers and he make me swear to export the constitution or the united states or north carolina when nels appeared perkins looked at him a moment and asked are you a member of the union league dat i hain't then stand aside and let these men register if you want to vote you had better join nels made no reply but in a short time he returned with the reverend john durham by his side he was allowed to register but from that day he was a marked man among his race when the registration closed perkins was in high glee we've got em timothy it's a dead sure thing he cried as he slipped his arm around tim's shoulders will the majority be big asked tim if it ain't big enough we'll disfranchise more aristocrats and enfranchise the dogs tim wondered whether this proposition was altogether flattering during the progress of the campaign a committee from the organization of the truly loyal ezra perkins and dave halley called on tom camp mr camp we want your help as a leader among the poor white people to save the country from these rebel aristocrats who have ruined it said ezra you're barking up the wrong tree answered tom dryly the poor men have got to stand together now and get their rights well if i've got to stand with niggers have em hug me and blow their breath in my face as you fellers are doing you can count me out if that's all you want with me you'll find the door open hallie tried his hand look here camp we ain't got no hard feelings agin you but there's a-goin to be trouble for every rebel in this county who don't get on our side and do it quick i'm used to trouble partner replied tom you got a nice little cabin and ten acres of land fight us and we'll give this house and lot to a nigger i don't believe it cried tom come come said perkins you're not fool enough to fight us when we've got a dead sure thing 
a majority fixed before the voting begins congress and the whole army back of us i ain't a nigger said tom doggedly what's the use to be a fool camp cried haley we are just using the nigger to stick the votes in the box he thinks he's going to heaven but we'll ride him all the way up to the gate and hitch him on the outside will you come in with us don't like your complexion he answered rising and going toward the door then we'll turn you out into the road in less than two years said haley as they left all right laughed the old soldier i slept on the ground four years boys when he came back into the room he met his wife with tears in her eyes oh tom i'm afraid they'll do what they say to tell you the truth old woman i'm afraid so too but we're in the hands of the lord this is his house if he wants to take it away from me now and when i'm crippled and helpless he knows what's best i wish you didn't have to go again em i ain't a nigger old gal and i don't flock with niggers if god almighty had meant me to be one he'd have made my skin black on election day no publication of the polling places had been made ezra perkins had in charge the whole county he consolidated the fifteen voting precincts into three and located these in negro districts he notified only the members of the secret leagues where these three voting places were to be found and other people were allowed to find them on the day of the election as best they could perkins made himself the poll holder at hambright though he was a candidate for member of the constitutional convention and the poll holders were allowed to keep the ballots in their possession for three days before forwarding to the general in command at charleston south carolina scores of negroes under the instructions of their leaders voted three times that day every negro boy fairly well grown was allowed to vote and no questions asked as to his age nels approached the polls attempting to cast a vote against the reverend ezra perkins the poll holder a crowd of infuriated negroes surrounded him in a moment kill him knock him in the head the black devil voting again his color nels threw his big fists right and left and soon had an open space in the edge of which lay a half dozen negroes scrambling to get to their feet the negroes formed a line in front of him and the foremost one said you try to put that vote in the box we bust your head open nelson knocked him down before he got the words well out of his mouth honey i's a bad nigger he shouted with a grin as he stepped back and started to rush the line perkins ordered the guard to arrest him as the guard carried nelson away a crowd of angry negroes followed grinning and cursing we lay for you yet old hoss was their parting word as he disappeared through the jail door that night at the supper table in the hotel at hambright an informal census of the voters was taken there were present at the table a distinguished ex-judge two lawyers a general two clergymen a merchant a farmer and two mechanics the only man of all allowed to vote that day was the negro who waited on the table thus began the era of a corrupt and degraded ballot in the south that was to bring forth sorrow for generations yet unborn the intelligence culture wealth social prestige brains conscience and the historic institution of a great state had been thrust under the hoof of ignorance and vice the votes were sent to the military commandant at charleston and the results announced the negroes had elected one hundred and ten representatives and the white ten 
it was gravely announced from washington that a quote, republican form of government end quote, had at last been established in north carolina end of book one chapter fifteen